And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 24th of May, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the, oh, record scratch freeze frame. We are not joined by James Edwards III of The Athletic today. We are instead, on his own accord and satisfaction, the addition by subtraction, ladies and gentlemen, it's Lazarus Jackson. James is on vacation. Laz, how are we doing? Yo, I feel so much better after getting that intro. Yo, you made all three parts of that rhyme. That's amazing. Did you plan it out? Uh, I did and I didn't. The only thing that I had planned was I didn't want to say action because I'm mm-hmm. sure people have rhymed action and Jackson yeah. with you. you know, the people have done it a million times over. Yeah. Um, Laz, Great movie, though. F- it's Of course. You'll have to forgive me since I'm not really online anymore. What are you doing? Where can people where can people hear about you? No, uh, thanks for having me on, Nick. I feel I feel great. Uh, it's big shoes to be replacing James, who <laughs> I think I saw on his Instagram is getting a tattoo right now. I yes, think that's what it finished. The sleeve finished. Yeah. <laughs> oh, full. Sl- okay. Okay. Nice. Good for him. That's painful. I don't have any tattoos. No, yeah. Like we can get into that if you want. But sure. yeah, no, I'm still on Twitter at the usual place at Last Chance. Uh, at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. I'm still on Detroit Bad Boys, but a lot more people are doing a lot more quality work than I am right now. I am sort of like in my ad, uh, advisory role, uh, helping other people out, facilitating stuff. But I am uh, I'm very excited what we got coming up on the site of, uh, for the next couple of days. So I encourage everybody to check that out at DetroitBadBoys.com. But mostly, Nick, I'm just sitting here talking to you, man. It's good man, to it- talk to you. The vibes are great on this end, Laz. We haven't spoken on... I think the last time that you and I actually spoke was when we had you on the show. Or no, because I came on your show. I don't remember when mm-hmm. that was. I don't remember yeah. if it was between when you and, and Matt... And that was... Yeah, that was a Pistons versus Pod, right? Like, that was one yeah. of the other ones. Yep. And uh, that it, so that was like... It must have been like more than a year ago. Because I haven't done the pod since he was born. And he's like yep. nine months old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. It's been like it's been like a little bit, but like we've been texting, so yeah, like that's course, been yeah. cool. Um, for those who I, I, we're basically just doing like a Jimmy Kimmel substitute guest host today. That's all that this is. It's a James is still on the show. It was just he's a it's summer vacation for him, and I was like, nah, man, you deserve it. So go ahead. I will say, um, whenever the next episode happens, we have already decided this, um, and this person is going to be learning this in real time. The next time that I miss a show. Uh, Matthew, my brother, will be forced to guest host with James. So, Matthew, congratulations. Uh, you're going to be called up to the majors the next time I miss, your sh- miss, miss a show. But, Laz, last week I promised uh, that we were going to get into the DeAndre Ayton stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, we didn't want to do it last week because it was the lottery reaction. We, we kind of wanted to focus on that. I do want to open with the DeAndre Ayton stuff uh, this week, and we'll get into the draft stuff. So, because you and I haven't talked totally extensively about this, I want to hear just your point blank DeAndre Ayton take 
with the Pistons this summer? It's going to take a max to get him out of Phoenix. I'm fine with that. It is not great, but I'm fine with it. Um, as I was talking to somebody, who was I forget who I was talking to about this, but somebody was I was asking like somebody about DeAndre Aiden, and I was like, is he worth a max? And he was like, not really, because the max is an artificial cap, right? LeBron is worth five hundred million dollars, but you get to pay him the max, right? Like Kevin Durant is worth three hundred million dollars, but you have to pay him the max. It's like the max for DeAndre Aiden is thirty million dollars. DeAndre Aiden is worth thirty million dollars. This is like so you're not getting any surplus value on the contract, but he's worth thirty million dollars, and you don't really have anybody worth thirty million dollars on the team right now. So it's probably helpful. You sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would. I'm fine with taking like doing what it takes to get him out of Phoenix. I, I'm gonna. I'm just immediately gonna pivot. We can come right back to it. But my thing is, I'm surprised that we haven't seen a lot of Zach Levine stuff because it feels like a situation that maybe isn't being. Because there's a lot of like I know Dejounte Murray got in trouble because he tweeted. I think it was a jersey swap. Yeah, jersey swap uh, of Zach Levine, which I remember somebody <laughs> uh, texted me and I thought it was like a goof. I didn't think it was real. And they're like, no, this is a real thing that he actually does. Like, oh, um, doesn't that kind of seem like something that would be in the general paradigm of something that Pistons fans would be clamoring for? I think everyone has always just kind of generally assumed Levine isn't going anywhere. Right. And then, I mean, like, and now he's getting the knee scope, right? And so, like, that is another thing where it's like, you don't love that, even though he should be back healthy by the time next season starts. But, uh, yeah. No, I, I think people have just been assuming, like, Levine isn't on the table. Just like they've been su- assuming, like, James Harden isn't on the table, right? Like, he has a player sure. option. Technically, he could be an unrestricted free agent. But, yeah. like, no one is, like, thinking that James Harden is going to go anywhere but Philadelphia. So. Is is I think it ends up being one of those um, summers where I think it's the first time in a long time that we have had the money that we're going to have to play mm-hmm. around with, and there's going to be a lot of um, pressure from the fans to spend that money, whether or not it's a good idea. But I, I don't need to explain this. This is basic NBA economics. Just because you have the money doesn't mean you need to spend it, because that's how you end up with the Wall Dang and, and the Timothy Mozgovs of the world. So, um, not to say that I don't. Uh, Troy is not the guy who's going to do something like that, and we're going to get into a little bit about um, some Troy stuff uh, a little bit later. Um, I think this question says a lot more than the opposite of what I'm about to say. Typically, people will be like, "What does a dream off season for you look like?" But recently, there's been a lot of discourse of like on draft stuff. And if Troy does this thing, then the offseason is ruined. Or if he doesn't do this thing, then I'm going to be pissed. So mm. for you, Laz, what is like the, oh, my God, Troy just did this thing. And now I kind of have to try really hard to rationalize this. Okay. So my first thought is like they like, you know, the guys that they've been t- uh, that uh, like you, you read James, you read Omari, you know, the names, Shaden Sharp. It's Jaden Ivey. It's Keegan Murray. And it's Ben Matherin, right? Like, those are the four names we've seen connected to the Pistons most often. Uh, we have one guy at Detroit Bad Boys, Steve Peltier. Shout out to Steve, who has Johnny Davis 3 on his, like, big board. So, if, okay. like, Troy Weaver was like, hey, I'm going to pick Johnny Davis 5th, I would be like, I, on draft day, I I would just be, like, covering my eyes, like, hear no evil, see no evil. Like, I, sure. shit, like we're, we're Johnny Davis fans now, but I don't know how this happened, and I don't like it, right? Yeah, but does he seem like the guy who's going to have the Patrick Williams or Scotty Barnes pre-draft no, skyrocket? Because no, is, no. that, is, that, is that Shaden or is that Dyson Daniels right now? Because I think the, it's Daniels. So Dyson Daniels is a name. Yeah. Uh, Shaden is like, uh, did you read yeah. the Hollinger thing that came out today? No. Uh, was, uh, um, there's a lot of frustration around his pro day at the, at the Combine. 
because he didn't really do anything useful. This is Shaden, not, not yes, it's Shaden. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so it's like it's like we knew he could jump, we knew he could shoot. It's like, can you run it through some stuff at like full speed so we can like see him do some live action game stuff? And the answer was no. Like we are trying to get this young man paid, so we are not going to do anything that damages that. And it's like okay, frustrating for the teams, I'm sure, but like they're going to make the decision they make at the end of the day. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, Sochan, Sochan is Sochan, uh, I think that's yeah. what I've always said. He's another guy I think that's going to be a, a quick riser. He is like the classic like. He's more of like the young Patrick Williams mold, like six nine wing. If you squint, you can imagine him like handling the ball more than he did it in college. Um, you know, great defensively, long arms, good instincts, and so yeah. you you can, you can like project that type of guy. But I don't see him getting up to like six, right? Like he seems like there's a little bit of, of a sure. hard ceiling on that. One uh, one thing that James uh, texted me to make sure that this point did get conveyed on the podcast, more of a question, is uh, I'll just read it verbatim. I'd also mention with Sharp, how do people know he has more upside than Jaden Hardy or Daniels, who are projected to go much later? Now, ladies and gentlemen, if there's tea to be had, I think it is that. We say it all the time, and I think people have, have are, are acknowledging that this is kind of what it is, is... If I tell you that this thing costs $100 and you're like, I'll give you $100 or this mystery box and whatever's in the mystery box, is, it's like one of those things, right? Where you can take a, a, a guy who we feel is a complete player um, in Keegan Murray. And, and I'm really not trying to, to be a martyr this year. Do I, the thing. What I, do the thing, Nick. I don't want to do it this year because I think that's what this podcast became last year. And, and genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I just want this to be a, oh, you like this guy? That's cool. I like this guy. And then whoever we end up drafting, it's like, cool, that's our guy. Because here's the thing. To me, I feel like I, I really don't want to say that there's any entitlement or that people – I just worried that people are already forgetting that the guy who's in charge of figuring out who we draft has drafted six players for Detroit so far, and three of them have been all rookies. And if you really want to get technical, if you really, really want to be technical, one of them is a draft and stash. So he's really only drafted five guys that have played in the NBA, and three of them have been all rookie. And then the other one has one of the more, more insurmountable hives that we've seen in the NBA in Killian. The other one being... Um, or wait, no, wait, what's the math on this? He's, I'm sorry, he's drafted seven players. So taking Balsa out of it, Kopovica mm-hmm. out of it, um, he's three of six is what the math is. Yeah. I don't give a shit what your opinion is on Luka because it's like it's Luka Garza and I don't even think he's going to be on the team this year. 57th overall pick. Right. Like, you, so like, you can miss. Like, it's fine. It's okay. Hey, every draft has a, a Mitch McGarry, a guy that Troy Weaver drafted. And I think that that is what people are concerned about is that yeah. – is that guys do have duds. Even Troy's had duds, and it's okay to acknowledge that. Um, so then the question now becomes, is this the most consequential draft that Tro- or decision that Troy has had to make in his tenure so far just in terms of the, the perception of the average fan? No, no. The most consequential decision Troy Weaver has had to make so far and probably will have to make in his tenure uh, with the Pistons is drafting Kate Cunningham number one last year. Like, he didn't have to do that, right? Uh, I tried not to take it for granted that he would do that, especially when, uh, like, reports were saying, like, Ooh, like we don't know, guys. Like, he's he's leaning a bunch of different ways. And then, you know, after we get the, the press conference where he's like, okay, I woke up, like, the morning of the draft and knew who we were going to select. And it's like, okay, well, like, he didn't even know until, yeah. like, you know, 12 hours before everything went down. And – but – I hear and I hear what you're saying, but like the main thing that matters is that like we have Cade, 
Cade is has all the hallmarks of a generational player, of a like first team, second team, all NBA guy. Like you got that. That's the thing that matters. Like now we can start fitting in pieces like around that. It's like I do think that this draft is consequential. Other people have brought this up. I'm not being like super original when I say this, but like because we believe Cade is that guy, like this is probably the last year you're going to be drafting in the top five without like a stroke of like huge lottery luck or something. And so it's like, it's, it's important to get something that's going to be part of the next iteration of the play Pistons, like playoff team in this draft. But uh, people have very differing ideas of like how to go about that. And so, right here we are. Right. And, and who that ideal guy would be. Right. Um, the one thing I think that we can all agree on, we can all be on the same page about this, is you're getting a guy with size no matter what. It's not a big, but it's going to be this super big guard or pretty decent size wing, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd say most of them, there's a pretty good chance that they're not done growing. Um, the one thing that, like, the one thing that I've uh, noticed about Daniels is how switchable he is, and I think that is the is is if are we going to say the one thing that Keegan Murray maybe isn't great at is defense. I think the one thing King Murray isn't great at is like creating his own shot. Um, I think he's like fine as a okay. defender. the The way I've been thinking about it is like if thinking about those four guys, like Jaden Ivey has a lot of stuff like Dwayne Casey's gonna hate when he first like gets his hands on him, right? Mm-hmm. Ben Matherin has a lot of that same stuff, but can lock in in a way defensively that like I haven't seen Jaden Ivey be able to do. Keegan Murray is like gonna be fine most of the time but probably is not going to give you that like upper echelon of defensive ability that a guy like Jaden Ivey if he got his head on straight or Ben Matherin uh if he locked in can give you like from their position and then Sharp Sharp's just like a giant question mark on defense right like you're you're 17 you're playing EYBL no one has any reason to play any defense so it's like can you like maybe I I don't know he has the size and the frame that you would believe that he can. Yes. And I don't think it, it, the one thing that we can get away with saying is you don't got to hide any of these guys, right? If you throw yes. them out on the floor, they're going to be able to hold their own, and that's going to be great. Um, I'm going to need you to hold my hand for a second and explain something to me in sure. plain English. Okay? Mm-hmm. One plus one equals two. I need it to be that simple. This is my why? literal job, so, <laughs> like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> why, why would Portland want Jeremy Grant? Because, because to me... Let me explain why I don't understand this first, just, sure, so, we're, sure, just, sure. So, we're, just so we're clear. Mm-hmm. The reason that I don't think it makes sense is because it's very clear that for the last decade, the grind is winning against Damian Lillard, and, and, and time is running out, no pun intended, on the Dame time thing. So to me, it's like, yeah, no, you don't want to throw in the towel, and I get it. But I think that we are at that point. It's not Neil Olshay anymore. I forgot who they hired. Um I think that you are at a point in that sort of uh, in the process of Damian Lillard and figuring out what's going on there that that number seven pick is so unbelievably valuable. Like you, I give Golden State credit for sticking to their guns and, and using that pick, because even though by the approximation of apparently everybody in that organization, they drafted the wrong fucking guy. Every like Steve Kerr and Draymond Green publicly in year one being like, dude. We messed that Bob Myers messed that up so bad, and we're, and then James Wiseman just says this to the, like at least they got something right for for the future because that's what happens with these dynasties is they just collapse and they fold. Right. 
Um, and that's not to say that Portland is a dynasty, but it's like if you're and, and but is the argument there that if you trade Dame, then it's going to bolster your future. So it's just kind of like whatever, just go all in until it's time to trade him. But if you wait too long, nobody's going to want him because he's going to make too much money and nothing's going to happen. Well, he already signed the extension, so he's already like oh, going right, to right. one day like make too much money, and yeah, like right. you have to be fine with that, and like that's part of the that you bake that into the years he was making under like what he could make, and you're fine. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is like you have to look at the ownership situation in Portland as well, right? Like that team is their owner passed away, right? Mm-hmm. They are in like not stewardship, but like the the sister of the owner has taken over the team. She has. Not the I think I think from like stories I've read, she has like an affection for basketball in Portland and like has grown to like like it, but does not have like the deep abiding passion that the original owner like had for the sport. And so like if your team is going to be sold is like you could make more money on the sale if Damian Lillard is on your team. Yes. It's like and, and happy. Right. Like and you're, you're going to keep him for a couple of years. And so I think I think that's part of it. Um, I th- making Dame happy is a big part of it. I think mm-hmm. they, you know, Dame has like the Dirk Nowitzki thing going on where it's like, I know Dirk had the, the ring in 2011 and like that bolsters his thing. But it's like, if Dirk didn't get the ring, it's like he was still going to be a beloved figure in Dallas no matter what. And it's like, we we don't have a lot of those guys anymore that are just associated with one city for the rest of their careers. I think they would love to be able to do that for Dame. But in order to do that, you're going to have to, like, put, like, a half-decent team around him, like, in the Western Conference every now and yeah. again. And the West looks really tough. It's like, even if you pull this off, you might get, like, ninth. And then you got to face the, <laughs> you got to face, like, the Pelicans in the first round in a do-or-die game. And, like, it sucks. So it's just like, yeah, like, I, I understand, like, why, I understand what you're saying. But, like, I, I'm much more sympathetic to, like, the actual lived reality of, like, trying to run the Portland Trailblazers in a way that, like, makes sense for them as opposed to like just tearing it down like we we're about to run the our fake uh mock offseason at detroit bad boys we get like 30 of our users together we like run a giant offseason we make a bunch of trades do a bunch of free agency stuff it's great and inevitably like there's three dudes um and they're all dudes like that they're commenting on a basketball message board (laughs) they're all dudes um but inevitably there's like three dudes who just do like full process trade everything down to the studs get like the sam presti hall where you got like 10 first round picks in the next like three years or whatever and then they fill out a roster and you're like god that roster is really bad and it's like okay like yeah and like these dudes on this message board can literally do that right (laughs) like it's not hard to to deconstruct your team from the ground up what's hard is like putting it back together and so i you know and what's also hard is like trying to thread that needle of like making Dame happy and building a playoff team in the Western Conference and like having something to sell. And it's like, and you know, uh, having a team that's like not super heavy into the luxury tax because like you you know you don't necessarily want to do that or ownership pressures or whatever. And so like yeah, there's a lot of we're talking a lot about Portland for Detroit Pistons. Well, podcast. no, because it's because it's I just when whenever we do like the whole like oh go get the seventh pick, it's like. I understand why Detroit would do that. It makes complete yeah. sense for Detroit to do that, um, and I'm completely on board with it. But just more to your point, like if I'm Portland, I'm thinking, okay, well, we kind of destroyed this thing a little bit, maybe beyond repair a little bit. Is this really the time 
to be building it back up when the Western Conference is only going to be getting harder because the guys who we know that were, you know, dominating for the last 10 years in the West, the Stephs of the world, even though the Warriors are about to go to the finals again and whatever, mm-hmm. the Warriors are still the Warriors. Surprise there. Um, now, but you also have the Lucas and the Jaws of the world, and I'm sure Zion's going to do something eventually, but they still also have Brandon Ingram and that whole team. So it's like, is this really when you want to... You got, what, th- four more years to, like, really try? Dame's, what, 32? I think he turns 32 before the season starts. So, yeah, you got, like, three, four more years, like, max. At best. At best, yeah. Um, so, in an, in an ideal world, yeah, that trade gets done. And honestly, I think it will just because of, of the, the, the sort of desperateness that Portland mm-hmm. is going to be playing with um, that okay, night. I will, I will tell you this. So, I'm not going to name names. Well, I will tell you names after the podcast because I like you and I trust you. Nice. But I'm not going to name names on the podcast because I've only heard this from one place and I am not a like quote unquote like journalist. I don't have like quote unquote sources, but like uh, I, oh, I have I have a couple like quote unquote sources. But like talk I'm your not, shit, Laz. It's okay. Get your shit off. I'm not a full respected like thing. I remember my J school training. Uh, shout out to Lorianne Dickerson. But uh, yeah, the Jeremy Grant is not the Blazers like first choice on the like list of dudes they will trade that number seven overall pick for. I think. I'm trying to remember the list I got. I think he was fourth or fifth. It's fourth or fifth. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But the first two dudes, they're not going to get. So. Okay, so it's like Bradley Beal and. Like... I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you the list after. I'll tell you the okay. list after. All right. Okay. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Um, let's, let's go back to Troy um, for just a second. I was trying to think about this mm-hmm. uh, the other day, and I mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, if you really wanted to be nitpicky, if you really, really wanted to do that, we did a few weeks ago, um, I think it was the 10 most consequential moves of Troy's tenure to that point. Um, and like everything that had gotten us to that, to that point before. And when I was looking at that list and the more that I've thought about it, if you really wanted to be nitpicky, is he batting like at worst 850? Like he's been really good. You know what I mean? Is- like, how, like how many misses off the top of my head? Um, the Jaleel thing was, that was, that just didn't work. That was cheap though, right? Like that's a very inexpensive miss, right? And like, yeah, yeah, it could have sucked. You could have found like an Eric Moreland or something, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It was, yeah. I guess it's, it's one of those moves that's on the margins and maybe is the biggest indictment on how good he's been that I'm like, yeah, that two and a half million dollars that he gave the Jaleel Oka for, what the hell was that all about? Like, you know what I mean? So maybe it's. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than – because what did he turn into? DeAndre Jordan, which was a buyout. Mm-hmm. Other and, than, like, the dead money that we're still carrying for DeAndre Jordan. 
there's the Luke trade where you gave up four seconds, and we will. Well, you you like mashed all that together, right? So like in the in pull, the in the podcast, yeah. 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 So like pulling out like each individual strain of that, like yeah, like yeah. There's some parts of it I didn't love. I still don't know why we had to give up four second round picks. James still hasn't revealed that. You guys will find out. Um, I when, think I, I think when Luke I know, retires, we're gonna find that out. I I think I know when it's gonna happen. And I don't want to say when, uh, but I'm, I'm, you guys will find that out one day, but yeah, like that wasn't a great look on when immediately yeah. when that yeah. happened, we were like, what the hell? So there's that. there's that as far as other trade stuff goes, like the Trevor Ariza, like, cause that was involved in the, I think how we got the Isaiah pick and that was mm-hmm. a sign and trade with also Christian, Christian Wood, and then, Wood yeah. and then he, and then Ariza got rerouted and it was a whole thing. So do you get what I'm saying? So at, if you wanted to be super nip, nit, nit, nit picky, He's shooting like 85% on being a GM, right? He's been really good. Yeah. The The thing I will say to that, though, is that he hasn't had to do anything like super duper hard yet, right? Like I talked about earlier, right? Like it's easy to build or to deconstruct a team. He did that like really quickly. We don't normally see teams deconstructed over the course of like an off season and like the first 20 games yeah. like uh, like we did in Detroit. Um, but like this – like. He's doing okay with the hard part, right? Like the Hamadou trade, uh, like I didn't, we didn't love that at the time, but like, the, like where's V now? Like Svee's, I think Svee's still in Toronto. But yes. like he is, he is looking like a fringe NBA player at this point, whereas Hamadou looks like a real NBA player. Like I don't know if he's a real NBA player in Detroit, but like someone will have Hamadou in their rotation next year. Can't say the same thing for Svee. You look at uh, like the Marvin Bagley trade. Yeah. It's like that, that was a good deal. That was like unquestionably a good deal. You look at like the essentially the swap of Mason Plumley for Kelly Olynyk, and yeah. it's like that kind of didn't work. But that wasn't it's like but that wasn't was gonna healthy, work. I don't know yeah. if we would be saying this though. Yeah. Well, and like, and you still have the. I feel comfortable about moving forward with Kelly Olynyk more than I feel comfortable about moving forward with Mason Plumley. So like, I I get it, but it's not like the most like earth shattering thing Troy Weaver has ever done, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, he's hitting, you know. 85 but like he hasn't done anything like he hasn't had to do anything like super duper consequential yet either right like when if we find out that like as he does like a sign and trade of jeremy for deandre ayton Mm -hmm. and then we find out that like deandre ayton like is a literal insomniac who like can't sleep and is playing video games the entire time and like that's why phoenix didn't want to keep him it's like oh that's bad it's like maybe we shouldn't have done that it's like that that will be a consequential thing right but like so far we haven't had anything like that I think the Christian Wood thing was a pretty tough decision to have to make off the rip, don't you think? They, they, I think that was they him. Didn't, yeah, no, they they didn't love Christian Wood though. Like James James pointed that out, and it was like it was, and like we we kind of see why in Houston, right? Yeah, like, well, well, yeah. but like yes, like we thought us, you and me, sitting here on Zoom in our studio studio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thought like Christian Wood was much more valuable to the Detroit Pistons than like Troy Weaver did, right? Sure. Yeah. But even then, like I guess, and we talk about this all the time, like uh, how I don't give Kobe Altman credit for drafting Evan Mobley because a horse could have drafted him. Yeah. But and so it's like it, with number one, you're dictating the board in such a way, and this is what we said. I think literally in the last two episodes. So congratulations, everybody's hearing this again. Um, you were going to be fine either way. Although here's the thing. Was it, was it, Josh Giddy? Yeah, the the Giddy thing. Him making second team, and Jalen Green getting first felt weird. 
Not I don't, to I, me. You don't think so? Because of how good Jalen was down the stretch, you think? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it made it. What, what didn't make sense to me was Herb Jones not making it, right? Or Herb Jones, like, if, if you wanted to put a guy on first team who ended up, like, making it, like, Herb, I would have understood, like, Herb Jones, right? Like, yeah. he made a real impact on, like, real actual winning basketball. Like, that's why Scotty won. And so it was like, sure. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, no. You apply that criteria across all the candidates, Don't not just, like, the one. I think, was it on this pod or was it on KOC's pod? The thing I said about Herb Jones is, like, if you watch him. Flex. I don't, I don't flex. Okay. I don't think. Yeah, name drop. I don't know if there's a player in the NBA who dudes pass out of quicker than like when Herb Jones comes and like squares up on him, like I don't want to deal with this guy. It's incredible, and he's definitely one of those dudes that would be on like the Motown Noah All Star team. Which now that I'm thinking about it, there's a chance. Uh, I think. I'm realizing this in real time. I think Herb Jones is going to be. He is the first addition to next year's uh, Motown Noah All-Star team. Um, I love it. As far as second-round guys go, you know what, man? You're a Michigan State fan, and I, 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 I need you to talk to me about Max Christie. Okay. What's we, we we talked about this, right? Like, I, but I I want everybody okay. to hear what you said. Yeah. He he should have left. It's fine that he left. It's gonna suck next year, um, but like we'll we'll end up seeing we'll end up seeing what happens. But you look at like you've been to a bunch of Clippers games, like Brandon yes. Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Like highly recruited guy, underwhelming year at Kentucky, uh, solid rotation player for an NBA team right now at the age of like twenty, and is like going to be fine in his NBA career. There's absolutely a path where Max works out like in a very similar manner. Um, a lot of very clear things he needs to get better at, right? He needs to get better as a finisher. Um, good defender, but probably just, like, needs to get stronger in general to be able to leverage, like, a lot of different aspects of his game. Yeah. And just, like, needs to shoot the ball better. Like, his shot always looks like it should go in, and then it doesn't most of the time. Inexplicably, which is, it will yeah. rim out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so if if his shot went in more often, I think that would be helpful for him. Baseline NBA analysis. <laughs> That's but, uh, the most, like, so my Hamadou Diallo take that I always give is, man, when it works, you really get it. And it's like, yeah, duh. It's like if Max Christie, man, if those shots went in, like, he would be such a much, so much better of a basketball player. Here's the thing that with him, it like, it, it I almost feel bad and it concerns me a little bit. Where he's one of those guys who COVID really affected his growth in a way that it messed up like his AAU circuit and like his mm-hmm. it, basically the last two years of his actual playing career, his development was stunted in such a way because of the infrequency that he was allowed to play. So I'm happy that he's not going to end up being like a Deontay Davis. He gets invited to the green room and then slides to the second round and then gets drafted and then they're like, hey, why did you leave the green room? And he's like, uh, I don't even remember what he's... Yeah. <laughs> that was a, like, that was awful and I felt so bad. But in the moment, we were all like, dude, you shouldn't have left. Yeah. And I'm happy that Max Christie isn't, I guess, touted enough to be... But, like, you know, I, I'm not I'm yeah. not trying to shit yeah. on him, but, like, you, you get what I mean. Uh, second round, guys, we haven't done a ton of second round draft picks uh Second round draft pick talk on this show. I know you had mentioned because I was like, "What do you think about Trevor Keels?" And you were like, "Sure, throw him out of the pile of like sixty other second round guys." Um, since we haven't done a ton of that, we'll wrap up the show on this. Last, give us you know two, three second round guys you're excited about. Uh, Ismail Kamagate. He will probably go before the Pistons pick at forty six, mm-hmm. but like French run jump, jumpy jump guy center, real fun. 
Um, also, I think just like I want the hilarity of the Pistons drafting another second. French guy. Yeah, go for I it. Inter- the Laz staple is calling somebody a jumpy jump guy, like saying that Cade needs the jumpy guy or something like that. I'm sorry, I just that's the that is like the quintessential embodiment of Lazarus Jackson is calling somebody that. That's the seal of approval. So I'm sorry, go ahead. It's like no, but it's funny. Like think about this: the the Pistons draft another raw French 19 year old. And fans lose their shit. They're just like, I'm sick of this. Like, stop doing this. It's not working. Yeah. But this one might actually work, so I like it, you know? Yeah, for sure, um, yeah. There was, uh, there was, there's been the report by, I think it's Gavoni. Yeah, I think it's Gavoni and Nashmitz that Caleb Houston, a lot of NBA teams think Caleb Houston has a promise in the first round, and that's why he didn't address, that's why he didn't uh, do anything at the combine, but is putting his name in and, like, hiring an agent. Um it's like every time I've seen Caleb Houston like mocked anywhere, it has not been in the first round. It's been in the second round, and it's been yeah. kind of variable. Yep. So like I would, I I I know that I assume that like there's a lot of Michigan ties in the Pistons organization, um, and Caleb Houston would be a like very good developmental swing. I'd be it's like I'm a Spartan, but like even I can acknowledge like that kid yep. can ball, like yep. get him in the system and like see what he can do. Yeah. Um, your it's boy like the Aiden Hutchinson thing, where you had to be like, "Damn, all right, I guess the Lions can." Get well, him. I'm not a Lions fan. That's I'm right. Fan, That's right. So well, what was the deal? Have... If we drafted Malik Willis, you would have been a Lions fan. Yeah, if we drafted Malik Willis, I would have been a Lions fan. Valid. Um, in retrospect, terrible decision <laughs> on my part. Right? Like so how just, far he slid? Just, yeah. just, just the awful decision making on my part. Yeah. But I feel good about the team I selected. I'm a Chargers fan. Maybe I'll come out to, to where you are. Yeah. Catch a Chargers game. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Justin Herbert. Just watching that dude throw the ball, like yeah, okay, we we can we can rock with this. Shout out to the was it the Netflix Bowl that we lost to Justin Herbert like three years ago in the worst college football game I think that has maybe ever been played. Oh my god! Don't don't get me started on Michigan State. That feels like a really good place to wrap, don't you? Feels like a really good no, really good place. Alrighty, uh, quick episode today, ladies and gentlemen. Laz, thank you so much. This was super short notice, and we super duper appreciate you doing this. Hopefully, everybody. Uh, enjoyed this as much as as I did. Thank you very much, man. No, no problem. Again, like you know, I'll pinch hit for James like whenever you need me to. Actually, whenever whenever he feels like sleeping. Because today, man, I got to tell you, today was today was real rough getting this little dude to go down. So, but uh, I'm glad he cooperated, and I'm glad I was able to be here. So, thanks for having me, Nick. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I think you probably are the leader in the clubhouse of shoutouts on the show. I don't know if you've noticed that. I think like every not, other week I'm not I counting think something. or anything, but like it's between like me and your brother, right? Yeah, me. Yeah, um, has to be. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And that's why Matthew is going to be the yeah. the, the guest host exactly. whenever right. I'm in like the show. That, exactly. Yeah, I'm James's understudy. He's your understudy. Like that's how it goes. Exactly. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. Even on Spotify, also you can leave five stars. They need to add reviews. I'm addicted to reading reviews. We've wanted to read reviews on the show, but we don't want that to seem. But some of them are just so nice. We want to be like, thank you for doing this. Um, Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you guys. In the next one. Peace.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.